Welcome back to Miserable and Reckless, bringing you unfiltered opinions on sports, music, culture, and all things the South. I'm Logan, sitting here with Ryan, Dustin, and Morgan. As always, give us five stars on Apple Podcasts, follow us on Spotify, on Facebook, and on Twitter. We'll have some great content for you guys, and we'll give you the links to the Bless Your Heart segments. Moving on into the good, the bad, and the ugly. Dustin, kick things off for us this week. All right. A um, couple goods. Uh, basketball season's back. I know we talked about it last week, but I'm just happy to be able to turn the TV on and watch basketball again. There's been a lot of those early season tournaments. Obviously, Duke's back playing, and even though they lost one game this past week, I'm still just happy to be watching uh, basketball, um, especially with the way football is going, but we'll get to that later. Um, game day is going to be in Conway, South Carolina this week. That's a pretty big deal. So the mighty Coastal Carolina Chanteliers are going to be taking on not the Liberty Flames, but they're going to be taking on BYU because Liberty apparently has a COVID problem. It's because their quarterback uh, couldn't play. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever the reason, the fact that game day is in Myrtle Beach is pretty awesome. So I'm excited about that. I'm jumping on the bandwagon for these boys, riding them all the way to the college football playoff. Um, The bad. Um, I'm just going to skip that and go right into my ugly, uh, Duke football. is my ugly. I know everyone's, you know, loving to hate on Cuse, you know, after, you know, just had the season they've had and like they spiked the ball on fourth down last week. I'm sure somebody's going to bring that up, but w- wow. What a season. Uh, so they lost to Georgia tech last week who is arguably one of the worst teams in the conference. They gave 523 yards of offense. 523. Two seasons ago, they were running the triple option. How do you give up that many yards? And then for those keeping score at home, they had five more turnovers. That brings it to 30 (laughs) on the season. And then four of those turnovers were fumbles. So what I'm trying to understand is how Coach Cut hasn't like gone and got the glue they had in the replacements and put it on all these guys' hands so they can't drop the football. It's ridiculous. So basically my bottom line is here, this program's a disaster. It's time they, they need to clean house. It's just time to like, cut bait with Cutcliffe. Yeah, like I, I could go stand on the sideline and they can pay me a third of what he makes and I'll have the same results. It's ridiculous and it's shameful and outrageous and all the other adjectives. Like it's, and then luckily we instead of getting Florida State this week, we got Miami. So that we're going to end on an exclamation point this season. <laughs> and I'm sure Cutcliffe in the post game press conference gave his usual after a terrible performance. We're not going to run away from the work. <laughs> yeah, it's always we're not going to run from. We're going to run to it. It shows what kind of man you are. Blah blah blah. blah. It's the same stuff. Every week, <laughs> we're not so, we're not on a two second delay. So, <laughs> the ball when running to it. Yeah. So, anyway, that's my grumpy. I would combine my bad and ugly so that I could rant. Hey, Morgan, go ahead. Good, bad, and the ugly. All right. Good. Well, uh, Virginia Tech basketball surprisingly is off to a three and O start. One of those games is against a was against. What ranks number three at the time, Villanova. And that wasn't even scheduled. That was thrown together because Temple decided they just didn't know how to take care of themselves. So they, they stayed home. Um, tech used with basketball, like you guys have seen over the years, short guys who weren't physical. This team in the three games I've watched is a little different from years past. They finally have some big physical guys that are, on the court, which is a nice change of scenery for them. Still, you know, don't expect them to jump light years ahead of what they did last year, but it's a good um, direction that I think Mike Yummy's got them going in. So I like that. Um, we're in the stretch, also another good, we're in the final stretch of our little Irish princess, Bridget, uh, arriving here soon. So we're excited about that. Yeah, buddy. <laughs> Uh, then life will change. We'll have two kids, and this brown hair will current become gray. So. <laughs> uh, bad. Let's say. Oh, oh, here we go. Oh, the future of Virginia Tech's quarterback program, who is supposed to be the head QB, QB one next year, decided he did not want to play for Fuentes anymore, and is transferring. So Quincy Patterson, four star out of Chicago, is transferring, and. That leaves multiple questions as to who's going to be 
the quarterback next season because I think Hooker is done after this season. Leaves the kid who's transferred from Oregon, um, Brax, was it? Braxton, Braxton Burmeister. Yeah, Burmeister. I think that's his him. name. I, I can never pronounce. I can never pronounce his name. You got him. Um, Knox Caden is a freshman who came in, I think, last year. Patterson is the one that lit us up in week two or three, wasn't he? Patterson yeah. is the one who also won the game for us in sixth overtime against UNC. You guys will be. You guys will be fine with Burmeister. He's good. Well, I'm not too. You know, I'm sure there's another kid, I think a four-star out of Jersey that's supposed to be coming in, who's another six-foot-two, uh, you know, run-in throw, just like every other quarterback they've had for the last 25 years. Um, you know, not much for pro style, all run. Um, and then ugly. Oh, let's see, Florida State, get your crap together, dude. You canceling games every week. I mean, good God. I don't know if it was more, what's more ugly, them canceling every week or Syracuse spiking the ball on fourth down. <laughs> so that's my, my good, bad, and the ugly. All right, Ryan. All right, I'm going to go through these quickly because I was taking notes throughout the week. Uh, I always feel like I go brain dead when we get to this part. So my goods, uh, I don't know if you guys have seen this, but the L.L. Bean commercial with Fleetwood Mac playing in the background, it's phenomenal. It, it, every time it comes on, it gives me goosebumps, makes me feel awesome. It's like a little holidays commercial. So if you guys see it, it's an excellent use of Fleetwood Mac, everyone sitting around the tree. Uh, that's, that's my first one. Um, second of all, UNC football is respectable against Notre Dame, number two in the country, Notre Dame. Um, they held their own until the last couple of minutes. I was pleased with that. Um, it was a win-win for me. We were either going to win the game or be respectable. So that was good. Um, I'm sorry for everyone, but, uh, uh, well, we'll cover that in a second. Uh, my other one was the UNC, uh, was obviously playing in the Maui Invitational and they had this thing called plating change, uh, for each three, this is like a little mini bless your heart for each three that was made. They gave $3,000 for food insecurity. Basically it allows local restaurants. They pay local restaurants to stay open, to purchase meals for people in the community. So that was cool. So every time we were getting lit up by <laughs> three after three, after three, I was like, well, at least people are eating. <laughs> so, um, let's go into my bad but also good at the same time. Um, it was bad that UVA lost to San Francisco because <laughs> that made us all look bad because we picked them all last week. But it was good because it was funny because it's funny every time UVA loses to a terrible team. <laughs> um, and then my other bad but good is Bill Walton is so terrible at announcing. He's actually amazing. I, I watched like four non-Carolina basketball games this week because I couldn't, I had no clue what he was going to talk about. I just he was talking about what it's like to live inside a sonic boom. He gave a 20-minute interview with Bruce Hornsby during the middle of the game. He was going off on what it's like to be in a waterfall in the Grand Canyon. There's a basketball game going on in the background, Bill. Like, why don't you tell us what's going on? So bad but good there. And then my flat out bad. I, we've we've mentioned the spiking it on the fourth down. Logan, I'll let you have that one. <laughs> but, <laughs> <laughs> but um, uh, UNC, I mean, come on. They lost Maui Invitational on the last shot, so now we have to watch the whole basketball season. It's very frustrating. Um, every time that they've won the Maui Invitational, they won the national championship. I was really trying to save everyone a lot of time and effort on the podcast. Sorry about that. <laughs> All right, so for me, uh, good is just like so far, thus far in both early in basketball and so far in football, NC State Athletics has been surprisingly decent this year sitting at seven and three going into a very winnable matchup against Georgia tech. You know, who would have thought it? If you go back and listen to this podcast and we did our college football preview, I wasn't sold on this team. So hats off to the new coaching staff and hats off in particular to Tim Beck, the offensive coordinator who has revitalized that offense by every measurable uh, number. The offense is night and day better than it was last year. And uh, a quick nod to, even though it's been against Cupcake Central, a quick nod to NC State's defense and basketball so far, forcing 50 turnovers in two games for 60 points off turnovers. And they're, this just in, they're currently up by about 30 right now. So it's good to start the year off 3-0. and We'll see how that develops as the season goes on. Bad is Syracuse, Duke, and pretty much almost everybody at that bottom, like, four teams in the conference. It's just abysmal football, terrible to watch. And, I mean, that's been – we. I mean, you can't beat a dead horse. We've talked about it quite a bit on this podcast about those teams. But uh, – and then ugly, I mean, I, just to reiterate what the guy said, Syracuse spiking on fourth down. I, it was an ugly game from start to finish. It, NC State was 
doing everything they could in typical NC State fashion to lose to a completely less talented, bad team. And they were NC State shit was showing up. And then Syracuse said, hold my beer. <laughs> and their uh, quarterback takes a sack from Peyton Wilson on third down. And Peyton Wilson whispers something into his ear. And I'm convinced that he said, you know, you better hurry up and spike it because the clock's ticking. Because <laughs> that kid gets up and spikes it on fourth down, and I just started laughing. Like, thank God they they did because you know the Wolfpack are sitting at seven and three right now. But uh, that's my good, the bad, and the ugly for this week. All right, moving into the weekend look ahead. You know we've uh, like we said we got for me NC State football. Going to watch that game. Not sure how that's going to go, but you know got a winnable game. And then next week, kind of like we have our uh, socially distanced steak dinner for for Christmas with our company where I get a, a big old ribeye and there will be all the refreshments you, you your hearts desire on the company tab. So, <laughs> all right. What about you guys? What y'all got going on? Well, there's a interesting football game being played Saturday night around eight o'clock. If anyone wants to watch a great game, um, should be over by the end of the first quarter, but hopefully tech will hold their own for at least five minutes of the first quarter. Against Clemson. Yeah, Tech's got Clemson. It's gonna be it's gonna be disastrous. Um, so hopefully Bridget shows up early, and I can be excited with that, and just forget that they're <laughs> on. I hope my daughter is born so I can forget about my college football team. <laughs> Never would you ever hear a, a Hokie fan say that. I mean, we're used to being you know asked to come to the Orange Bowl. Now we're begging for the Monarchy Car Care Bowl. <laughs> Only on this podcast would you have someone saying, hey, the birth of my child will take away from my miserableness because of college athletics. <laughs> That's the kind of commentary you come here for. <laughs> All right. What about you guys? What about the rest of you? For me, it's the SEC. Um, I, it's kind of tired, but at the same time, we have really good games this week. Uh, there's three top six teams playing on the road against decent teams. Bama goes to LSU. That's no easy task, despite uh, LSU's record. Um, uh, this year, Texas A&M goes to Auburn. That's uh, the number five team in the country, Texas A&M. And then number six, Florida goes to Tennessee. I, that's going to be a long day probably for Tennessee. I think it's going to be a long day for Auburn too. But obviously, if any of those three teams loses, it really does affect the BCS and all the bowl games. So um, that could be interesting. Otherwise, it's just, just sitting around. <laughs> <laughs> Dustin, anything you got going on this weekend before we jump into our pick em? Yeah, watching basketball and probably a little bit of football on Saturday. Laughing at Ohio State complaining that Michigan's canceling their games. Yeah, well, <laughs> <laughs> keeping an eye out on the Buckeye fans going nuts because they – won't qualify for the Big playoff. Ten championship. Given, yeah. given ACC crap for because we re- restructured our, our how we're going to end our season. <laughs> Speaking of ACC football, let's jump right into the ACC week pick them. Uh, as always, we do the cumulative records for up to update everyone who's listening, all seven of you. Shout out to y'all. We appreciate it. And uh, Dustin is leading the pack right now at 57 and 17, followed by Ryan at 56 and 18, by then Morgan in third at 55 and 19, and then I'm trailing in last place at 54 and 20. So pretty close, actually. I mean, when we all pick the favorites week in and week out, it doesn't really create much separation but i'm jumping into first game of the week we have the mighty syracuse orange fighting against the number two ranked notre dame fighting irish and i think it's about time to say it notre dame might be the best team in the acc so everybody's still jumping on clemson but until clemson beats them notre dame has uh has bragging rights so what do you what do you guys think ryan notre dame versus syracuse i think clemson's the best team in the acc um but notre dame's gonna win this game Dustin? Uh, In case it hasn't been said enough on this podcast, I'll say it again. Syracuse is terrible. Even Duke beat Syracuse. (laughs) So, Notre Dame. Morgan? Irish is going to squeeze the orange. (laughs) 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 Yeah, Notre Dame. This one's not close. (laughs) Sorry for those of you that wanted a lot of Notre Dame breakdown. <laughs> I mean, look, what is there to break down? Their defense is good. Ian Book's playing well. They're undefeated. Next game. Got a bunch of hogs <laughs> on the offensive line. Yeah. 
Oh, yeah. All right, so we have Boston College, who uh, under first-year coach Jeff Halfley has actually had a surprisingly really good year. They've played a, had a tough schedule in the ACC, which reflects in their record, but they've been uh, a surprise team this year against Morgan's favorite team, the Virginia Cavaliers. So, Morgan, who do you think uh, wins this one? Come back to me. <laughs> hey, Dustin. <laughs> All right. Uh, UVA opened as eight-point favorites, um, but QB Phil got hurt last week. So that you got to factor that in too. Now, is that the making for BC loss? I don't think so. It's, it's, from what I've read, uh, Angle's boy Phil is going to be back, um, and his backup last week passed for two touchdowns and ran for forty-nine yards. If he's not, so it's going to be the Eagles. Ryan, I'm actually agreeing with Dustin on this, um, and the only reason why is because my boy Phil Jerkovic. Jerkovic is his, really how you say his name. <laughs> We've murdered his name on this podcast for so long. Huh? Would you, I hope so. That would be great. But uh, I'm not allowed to talk about the Patriots on here because it's not a Southern team. So Next topic. <laughs> See? <laughs> so, BC. <laughs> BC for the win. <laughs> All right, Morgan, you ready to put your pick in? I picked – I made a pick earlier, but I was not comfortable with it. Not because I hate the team with – every bone in my body um not because you know i don't hate them because they don't know how to drink at all um just don't like them so therefore i'm not picking them go boston college <laughs> all right boston, yeah. people in boston know how to drink beer people at uva drink wine coolers <laughs> all right so yeah just for uh to, to keep it quick i'm going boston college in this one all right, next up we have Georgia Tech versus NC State. NC State 7-3 and three, going on the verge of a possible eight-win season after last year's 4-8 and eight disaster. NC State is definitely favored going into this one, but considering that I am never comfortable and how badly they played uh, last week against Syracuse, I'm going with the Yellow Jackets to upset the Wolfpack and send us to 7-4 and four on the air. Ryan? So battered. <laughs> Can't tell who's more battered, you or Morgan. <laughs> and the thing, the sad part is, I'm battered at seven and three. <laughs> well, I just heard about how wonderful Georgia Tech is. Apparently, they're a great team if they can just beat up all over Duke. But I'm going to take NC State. I keep having to do this on this podcast. It's kind of annoying. <laughs> Dustin, State's so close to your eight win season. They can you and the whole fan base can taste it. Um, so I'm going to put Amy's headband on. I'm doing Wolfpack Howl, and I'm going to play Wagon Wheel on repeat and uh, watch the Wolfpack ride it to an eight-win season. <laughs> All right, Morgan. Crackman old toughy, man. I'm going to pull for the Wolfpack. <laughs> there we go. Go Pack. All right, next up we have the uh, Clemson Tigers, who arguably is the best team in the ACC. Angle says they are. Versus Morgan's actual team, Virginia Tech. So, Morgan, who do you who do you think wins this one? The Hokies or the Clemson Tigers? Should yeah, we even you ask? Know, well, you know, if Tech's offensive line comes up because it's a good, strong showing, and they get Herbert running, you know, Hooker can throw the ball. Heisman Herbert, everybody exactly. <laughs> Heisman gets to run in. Why the hell am I kidding, Clemson? <laughs> Dustin, Clemson's gonna win. This, this game is at Lane Stadium, but. That doesn't mean anything this year. But there's no fans, or essentially no fans, so Clemson. It's like playing a regular season at Chapel Hill. (laughs) 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 All right, Dustin, Clemson, Virginia Tech. Uh, I'm I'm Clemson on this. (laughs) Ryan? It'd be kind of messed up if I took Clemson as the best team in the country or in the ACC and then said Virginia Tech. (laughs) (laughs) I would love it because it would be so fun to just – I've heard Morgan for a week straight now. Just he's, he's ready for it. He's ready to roll over two minutes in. We're going to get the text two minutes into the game when it's 17 to nothing. I told you. Uh, <laughs> Clemson. Clemson. But I would love if Tech won just because I would never let you live it down. <laughs> no, 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 because that saves certain people's jobs. <laughs> Oh, he must be getting it turned around. So, Morgan, be honest before I give my pick. Do you want Tech to win? It'd be great if they did, but that's not happening. <laughs> yeah, I'm going with the Tigers in this one by a lot. <laughs> All right. In the first quarter. 
there's not really a whole lot of competitive games this week. So that because the next one on the board, we have Miami Hurricanes, who are what seven and one, I believe, at this point in the season, and uh, sitting solidly at uh, tied for second. Or no, they're in third place because they lost to Clemson. Versus the turnover machine that is David Cutcliffe's squad in Durham, Dustin, <laughs> who wins Duke or Miami? Uh, <clears throat> well, Georgia Tech put up 523 yards on Duke. In case I forgot to tell y'all early. Um, so there's no telling what King and company are going to do to them. Uh, this game's going to be on ACC network instead of one of the regional networks that I don't get. So I'm actually going to have to watch it, which sucks. Mm. So anyway, Miami's going to win this. U's going to be get their eighth win and keep on rolling. More, uh, yeah, Morgan, go ahead. Uh, how, how many turnovers are we adding in this game, Dustin? Where do we? They're averaging like close to five a game so that, that's right a safe now? bet are we at 30 right now yeah we're at 30 this is the last game of the season so this game will determine the final number i give you next week i think i think they get six in this one um we'll make it <laughs> <six>. <laughs> Miami, sorry. so i'll take that you you're picking miami <laughs> so, ryan is anyone interested i'm 36 years old who thinks that duke will have less turnovers than how old i am after this week? Yeah. No, they're going to have more than your age. I'll take that bet. If they're, okay. if, if they're sitting at 30, and yeah. so you were saying that Miami turns them over six times, I'll take that bet. Okay. I just want to see the turnover chain come out as many times as possible. That big, garish, ugly WWE belt. It'd be... Uh, I'm, I'm going to take Miami, obviously, if I think there's going to be six turnovers. I Think about this. They had a game canceled. Not postponed, not played later. They had a game canceled. Yeah. So whatever that number ends up being, it could be easily five or six higher. For so. whatever for whatever it's worth, I've done this now multiple times on this podcast where I've talked about how great Brevin Jordan is going to be only to find out he was sitting on the sidelines for that week. He's actually playing this week. So Brevin Jordan is really awesome <laughs> for the Miami Hurricanes. <laughs> Go ahead. Yeah, I got the U in this one. Enough said on that. All right, going into the last ACC matchup, even though it's a non-conference matchup for UNC, uh, we have the North Carolina Tar Heels coming off a respectable loss to Notre Dame versus the Western Carolina... Catamounts. Catamounts, okay, yeah. Um, this is the last chance for an in-state team to ruin Mac Brown's uh, fake state title that he always claims. Can the Catamounts do it? Ryan, what do you say? No. I've spent enough time on this podcast defending Carolina. We're obviously a good team. I think we're equally as good as Miami, and that will be next week's game. Hate to look forward to next week's game already, but that's the one I got my eye on. We'll beat Western Carolina. We'll win the state title. Dustin? It's a noon kickoff. Who cares? Carolina, next topic. <laughs> Morgan? Uh, Carolina, Tar Heels. <laughs> All right, yeah. I mean, as much as it pains me to say it, yeah. I, I got the tar holes. I mean, heels in this one. So, Don't all right. Information. Can you please? <laughs> yeah. Can you please get a get an audio grab of Morgan saying Carolina tar holes? So <laughs> but it is my ringtone every time he texts me. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see what we can do. <laughs> all right, moving right along into the uh, football discussion. It's uh, the regular season is coming to a close soon, and we have the uh, bowl selection season. We're going to have uh, you know the CFP rankings came out a couple weeks ago. Uh, those are the really the only rankings that matter at this point because it determines who goes to the playoff, and then also I believe it has where um, you I think you tend to have to take the higher ranked team in the uh, bowl selection process for the uh, New Year's Six bowls. So. Going into the bowl season, uh, we kind of want to talk about who we think is going to be in each bowl. But before we do that, let's kind of briefly go over who do you think makes playoff? Well, I think it's probably going to finish exactly where it um, where it's at. I mean, where are we at? Bama, yeah, Notre Dame, Ohio State. Ohio State's going to find their way in there. We we all know that they're going to Big Ten's going to moan and cry. They're going to find their way in there. And here's Ohio State, and they're going to get shut out by Clemson. And the cool thing, thanks for showing up. Thanks, Midwest. Really appreciate your yeah. contribution. We'll have like a 5-0, and 6-0 and Ohio State team making the playoff. Yeah. Get pre-ranked at four and play, didn't play to the end of October, somehow stayed inside the top six ranking the entire time. Like, 
who's you wipe your knees, buddy. So, so you, so you've got Bama, Notre Dame, Ohio State, and Clemson in your playoff bracket. Yeah, right now. All right, Dustin. Uh, I mean, I think status quo is likely because I, I honestly believe I think the only thing mix it up is Notre Dame beats Clemson. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, yeah. Clemson will fall out. And I'm a I'm still a believer in Clemson. I think they're going to, in the ACC title game, pull out a win, and then Clemson and Notre Dame will both be clearly deserving of being in the yep. playoff at the same time. Alabama's going to win their conference. Like, and if they don't, they still deserve to be in the playoff. Um, and then that leaves Ohio State, and I just think the Big Ten's going to bend over backwards to put them in the conference title game so that they can get a win and, and have a claim on it. Um, and the committee is going to let them do it. And I think it's BS. I don't think they deserve to be in it. They've barely played any football games this year. The Big Ten could have started their season a little bit earlier like everybody else did and allowed some time for more games to be played, and they didn't. But, you know, it doesn't matter what I think because I don't pick the teams. So It just speaks to the arrogance of the Big Ten and the Pac-12 thinking they're the leaders in college athletics, thinking they were going to set the trend only to have to backtrack embarrassingly months later because, really, it's the SEC and the ACC that run college athletics. The Big 12, Big 12 knew which horse to hitch their wagon to. Incidentally, yeah. that's why we don't talk about those conferences on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Ryan, who are your playoff teams? So since we don't really have a coastal chaos this year because we don't have divisions in the ACC, I'm rooting for whatever the BCS version of chaos is. So here's what I want to happen. I want Clemson to beat Notre Dame. Then I want Florida to beat Alabama. Ooh. Then I want Ohio State to not well not really have a great we've covered it enough i would really like to see ohio state now play enough games to get in so that what we have is bama florida notre dame clemson it would be an all acc all sec matchup that's what we really want anyways and quite frankly we've seen bama play notre dame i know the teams were different it wasn't really fun like what was it like 10 years ago it was when the announcer got in trouble for aj mccarron's girlfriend yeah yeah brett musberger notre dame did not have a good stacked team that year they they got lucky with that with that game i i think that those are the five best teams kyle trask is a heisman front runner dare i say for florida kyle pitts is probably the player of the year I mean, the, uh, we've got what forty six. Um, she's gone for the without a dropped reception. Forty six games, not forty six games. Forty six targets or whatever. Oh. According to, go ahead. Or I think forty forty six targets or whatever. He's not dropped, so he's. I don't know if I'm wording that right or not. I'd have to find it. More well to your point, Marty Smith was talking that he hasn't dropped a ball this year. Yeah, that's what I'm... <laughs> so, regardless of how many catches he has, I mean, it, the guy's phenomenal. So, anyways, long story short, that's what I'm rooting for. I, I We've covered it enough here and b- bitched and moaned enough, but, like, Ohio State, I, come on, get out of there. Let's let's see Florida and Bama play against Notre Dame and Clemson. How about if you add one last, one last thing real quick? Yeah. What, what would be even better is if they granted Ohio State a Big Ten championship game and then they lost. <laughs> to Indiana, <laughs> their quarterback's out for the year, so I don't see that happening. Or they yeah, just give what all the fans want is Michigan versus Ohio State, and Michigan actually beats them. <laughs> yeah, this is the year Michigan beats them. Then that also gives Michigan. They also go, oh well, maybe Coach Khaki is finally getting it together, and they keep they give him an extension, and then they get to keep him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So anyway. so- so for me, I think that real, I'm going to give my realistic bracket and then I'm going to give the one I'd like to see as well. Realistically, I think that Clemson does uh, narrowly beat Notre Dame in the ACC championship game, but I don't think that drops Notre Dame out because they're undefeated, uh, you know, going ranked number two in the country. That'll drop them to about fourth. Well, um, I think Bama's pretty much going to be in it regardless too. So Bama, Notre Dame, and Clemson are, are going to be in there. I think Ohio State will end up being the fourth team, which will be a travesty, but I think it's going to it's inevitable at this point for all my Marvel fans out there. It's like Thanos. It's inevitable. But we uh, realistically, I'd like to see the scenario that Ryan pointed out where we have Florida and uh, Bama and Notre Dame and Clemson because that would be a more interesting and I think more like it, it would be a more fair 
uh, CFP this year. So also it was your dark horse. Don't forget to remind us of that. That's true. Florida is, was my dark horse team for the year. <clears throat> I picked them early. If you can go back and check that on an episode of miserable and reckless available on Apple podcast and Spotify, anywhere you get your podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> so moving right into our new year six matchups i believe the new year six bowls this year are the fiesta bowl the orange bowl the peach bowl and the cotton bowl starting with the fiesta right now it looks like uh the projections are oregon and northwestern and the orange bowl miami versus florida because a lot of people have florida out which is probably the more realistic more realistic uh situation peach bowl they have georgia versus cincinnati cotton bowl oklahoma versus wisconsin um the one that's kind of ACC related that I really kind of wanted to bring up was the Orange Bowl because that's the ACC tie-in. Do you guys see Miami making it? When if I was, if Miami ahead. finishes up the season like they're doing, and they if somehow like this whole the four teams we talked about, if they don't all screw up, and Miami doesn't slip, just somehow slide in somehow into the you know the playoff, then they're going to finish strong and take the Orange Bowl, I believe. And it'll work for them. You know, the Orange Bowl committee will love to have Miami at their own, you know, stadium. Yeah, they got to get past Carolina. And yeah. I I think they can. I don't think it's going to be an easy game for either They're team. They're going to better, too. Than, than I don't even the- think they have to get past Carolina. I think the only way Miami gets knocked out of the Orange Bowl selection is strictly going to be if Clemson loses to Notre Dame and they don't make the playoff. Then Clemson takes the – like Clem, Miami would have to drop two games to uh, to be locked, knocked out of that spot because Carolina still will be behind them. The CFP, Carolina still will have three losses, and their losses will be a lot worse than what Miami's will. So I think Miami's resume as of right now and also their ranking in the CFP has them as a virtual lock for the Orange Bowl unless Notre Dame knocks off Clemson for a second time this year. I agree with that. And the U will be playing for their state championship. True. Very true. So that would be fun to watch because clearly Florida State's irrelevant right now. So to actually have the two good football teams playing each other in a New Year's Six Bowl would be pretty fun to watch. And because I'm anti-Miami and a little bit lean more pro-Florida from the Tebow days on, I would love to see the Florida Gators if they're not in the BCS and if they're just pissed off because Ohio State's in instead. There's a little history between Florida and Ohio State to uh, just roll into Miami and just and just crunch over the Hurricanes. I mean, first of all, it's probably a fair fight with between us and them next week. But I would I would love to see if if Miami does. I think you're right, Logan. Even if, even if we win, I, we're not going to go high enough in the CFP. We're what, like 14 or something right now? You, well, you lost the game. You moved up two spots. Tell me how that happens. But I have yeah. no clue. Up to, I, up to 17. <laughs> I saw the same thing. Yeah. So, so I, if we can finish around 12th, that's still not enough to get us in a in a in a what is it? New Year's six or something? What? Yeah. What, yeah. what is it called now? It, yeah, it's the New Year's Six Bowls. Um, so, yeah, I mean, look, if the if the committee, if Mac Brown has enough friends in uh, high places, which in all the media coverage, if they get, you know, if they beat Miami convincingly, I could see a scenario possibly then where they get pushed ahead of Miami in the CFP. But Well, the only other one that makes sense to me for Carolina, and this is really wishful thinking, is to play Georgia in the Peach Bowl. We'd have to go to Atlanta to do it. But you can either take an ACC t- – unless I have this wrong, for the Peach Bowl, you can take an ACC team or you can take a um, – what conference is Cincinnati in? They're is in it? the uh, AAC in group of five. So they would be an at-large bid then? Yeah. I, I mean, I don't know. I'm not crapping on Cincinnati, but I think Carolina versus Georgia and Atlanta would be a much better game than – And but I guess there's no fans, right? So yeah. <laughs> what, are you, what are you selling tickets yeah. for? I don't the, know. The question is, because uh, I don't know if top man, how many losses does Georgia have? Florida. Just to Florida. Yeah, so I think, yeah. I mean, I, I think the UGA versus Cincy is probably more realistic just because I don't see Cincinnati dropping another game in there with their conference schedule. But, I mean, we'll see. I mean, I could see that scenario possibly happening, though. If Carolina convincingly beats Miami and Cincinnati drops one, it's it's possible. I wouldn't mind seeing the Carolina UF game. And I think that would quarterback wise, it'd be equally not even. It'd be a, it'd be a good game. I, I think Carolina versus Florida in the Peach Bowl. No, uh, he means the Orange you guys, Bowl. You guys just uh, Miami knocked them off their little orange down there and and, <laughs> and took their spot. 
It's a it's a sweet trophy. It's literally just a bowl of oranges. I think it's awesome. Can I can I have fifteen seconds to talk about my my Oregon Ducks? We don't we we never get a chance to talk about my Oregon Ducks on this podcast. Next topic. Which which jersey do you want to talk about now? Next. Nobody cares about their the Oregon quacks and their stupid unis. (laughs) Yeah. I do find it interesting that the two dads on this podcast can't stay up late enough to appreciate the Oregon Ducks. I mean, that's probably what it is. They've been playing at like 7 p.m. (laughs) What network are you watching? Angle, I used to live with you. I I watched enough Oregon games and all 50 of their jerseys that they choose. Yeah, it's horrible, horrible uniforms. Yeah. They're only slightly better than the, the puke uniforms that the University of Maryland trots out there. (laughs) <laughs> we've already talked about this on baseball i think me and you have co- diametrically opposed opinions on this logan <laughs> <laughs> anyways go oregon ducks Jeez, man we've spent enough time talking about how ohio state props up the big 10 i mean conference of champions my butt it's the conference of oregon the end so good job buddies keep it keep it going they, they i can't believe they lost to oregon state that's atrocious but way to go oregon way to still be in it at the end of this thing Fiesta Bowl all the way. Usually it's the Rose Bowl. So, well, if it works out this way, I'm definitely cheering for Northwestern, not just because of their dumb unis, but because Northwestern is basically Duke, but they suck at basketball and somehow have good football years. So, I don't don't like Oregon. (laughs) So much. You spent more than 15 seconds on it, but I can't believe all the anti Oregon hate on this podcast. (laughs) What did they ever do to you? All right, moving right along out of the New Year Six Bowls, we are uh, the one that I think that I really want to bring up. This not ACC related at all is the Myrtle Beach Bowl. I believe it's the inaugural Myrtle Beach Bowl. Kind of sucks that it's happening in a year like this, but it's like I think I'm going to echo what Dustin said last week. It's about time Myrtle Beach got a bowl because that's going to be that'll be a fun bowl to go visit in uh, future years when things get back to some semblance of normal. Of normal, so miserable and reckless is going next year. Mark it down. Yeah. Yep. And when everybody's got their vaccines, nobody's afraid to be in a crowd again. We're going to the Myrtle Beach Bowl. Where is it? Is it going to be at Coastal Carolina Stadium, I assume? Well, I don't know where else they'd have it. Yeah. So <laughs> that would actually be a cool one because of the uh, the the kind of teal field they have. The yeah. Soft turf. Yeah. <laughs> yeah dude. Mullets, cut off jean shorts, and bush life. Airbrush <laughs> t-shirts. <laughs> yeah. No, it's. I'm going to miss I'm, the pavilion when I get there. <laughs> yeah, we'll be playing Myrtle Beach for Sonny Leopard over and over and over again. That'll be a fun tailgate. Yeah, go to the game and then after the game, uh, finish up the evening at the Bowery. <laughs> <laughs> again, awesome experience. I would. I am looking forward to going to that bowl game next year, which almost, which also brings me to the point that Marty and McGee have been lobbying hard to be the announcers for that game, but I think that they should not be the announcers for that game. My brother Logan and I have spent far more time in Myrtle Beach than either of those two. I, the number of time, the amount of days that they have spent combined, does not equal the amount of time that one of us has spent in Myrtle Beach. Exactly. The Deberry brothers throwing the hat in the ring. We're ready to announce that game and show them what Myrtle Beach is all about. And it's not like we're a, a novice on broadcast either. I mean, we've got what sixteen episodes of this right now going, so I think that's enough uh, enough experience to be able to put us behind the mic. Bingo. For the Myrtle Beach Bowl. It'll be great. bring a lot of local knowledge. <laughs> Just watch your steps in Myrtle Beach when you're drunk. You stumble one time, you get locked up for drunk in public. You know that from experience? Next topic. <laughs> 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 All right. I, I do want to highlight, uh, before we kind of open things up for the bowl talk, I do want to highlight the ACC projections as of right now. They have Wake Forest uh, in the – Gasparilla Bowl against Memphis, uh, Military Bowl. They have Pitt versus Navy. The Cheez-It Bowl is NC State versus Oklahoma State. I'd like to see that, actually. The Duke's Mayo Bowl, formerly the Belk Bowl in Charlotte, uh, well, is UNC versus the mighty Next Big Ten school Rutgers. So um, I do want to bring up to Angle, because you we talked about this in the group chat. What's superior, the Cheez-It Bowl or the Duke's Mayo Bowl? What's your take? Duke's Mayo, it goes on more stuff. You can put it on leftover turkey sandwiches. You can put it in all sorts of different food. Duke's Mayo is where it's at. They have better commercials, more nostalgic commercials. Cheez-Its, man, come on. It's, it's some rowdy ball of cheese, and he's 
pretending like he's, you know, rude and it, it's, it's ridiculous. Oklahoma State, Big 12 team, who cares? So, uh, you know, I, I really think in the Duke's Mayo Bowl, if we play Rutgers, it's really important for us to hold up the ACC. You know, we're beating the standard bearer of Big 10 football in Rutgers, the conference that has Rutgers. So the conference with Rutgers is living up to their name. Yeah. So <laughs> I'm full in on Duke's Mayo. I think Cheese It is, is, is nothing. Dustin, your rebuttal on Duke's Mayo versus Cheese It's. Duke's Mayo sucks. I'm sorry. Like, I don't understand everybody's obsession with Duke's Mayo. Why is it so good? Like, because your daddy ate it? Well, you know what? There's a lot of things from 80 years ago that don't exist no more for a reason. But Cheez-Its, on the other hand, are delicious. They age the cheese just perfectly so that when you pop open that box and you get rid of the little ruffles and you start popping them in, the perfect amount of salt, I tell you what, Putting those two things against one another, there's no doubt Cheez-Its win. You can eat cheeses anywhere. You can put them in little baggies. You can take the whole box. You can eat them at a football game. You can eat them at home. It doesn't matter. Cheez-Its are the ultimate go-to snack. And the fact that you would say that they're not better than Duke's mayonnaise means maybe you're going to have to take a bye week or two. And, you know, to back up Dustin on this, I think I have the definitive reason to why Cheez-Its are superior to Duke's mayo. Say you're making a sandwich and you're putting mayo on that sandwich, but you put a little too much mayo on there. You're going to be like, ugh, have a little bit too much mayonnaise. You never can have too many Cheez-Its. You could eat the whole damn box in one sitting. So just by that ispo facto, Cheez-Its are superior. See, I disagree because mayo goes in so many things that I like. goes in like... Add a little bit into tuna, add a little bit into a sandwich, add a little bit into a, any type of sandwich, Thanksgiving, club, egg yeah, salad. Every time you eat those things, nobody goes, oh, that's good mayo. <laughs> it's subtle. It's subtle. It's just a <laughs> Cheez-Its. Get out of here. Go <laughs> mayonnaise and leave the Cheez-Its to us, man. You can put Cheez-Its on your sandwich, and that's exactly. better than Duke's mayo. That's true. I've done that before. Can't confirm. Especially if it's the Groovitz ones. Those, the Grooves, those are amazing. Oh, my God. Just the sheer variety. Cheez-Its are better than Duke's Mayo. Yeah. Well, they, have, they don't just have cheddar in You can get, like, aged provolone. There's all kinds of options. Right, cheddar? Hey, look. The Duke's Bowl is going to be in Charlotte, all right? Okay. Charlotte's clearly a superior city to Orlando, so that's definitely a, a reason for well, this hypothetical bowl that we're not in to be better. <laughs> Let me guess, you're going to play Rutgers at 12 o'clock on ESPN? Probably. Yeah. That's the only, Rutgers probably has some sort of contract. That's the only time that they can play it. I, I do have a little uh, poke on the teams in the Cheez-It Bowl. I think we, if they're both in it, Wolfpack and uh, Cowboys, it should be renamed the Underachieving Redneck Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> I can't even argue against that. <laughs> but I'd like to see that matchup just because, one – Oklahoma State and people that go to Oklahoma State, they're my people. They understand what it's like to have a program like us. They're the uh, school in the state that isn't the university of BS that we have to hear like you do in North Carolina and like you do in Virginia and like you do have to do in Oklahoma and like you have to do in Texas. All the pinkies out, you know, bullshit, state school flagship crap. Dude's mayonnaise eating. Yeah, Duke's mayonnaise eating. So, and then on top of that, selfishly, I'd rather play a Big 12 team than a uh, Big 10 or SEC squad. So, I definitely want the cheese ball for the Wolfpack. On the count of no defense? Oh, 100%. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be a good old-fashioned shootout. <laughs> uh, but. So, what else? Is it, should, can I talk? Should we talk yeah. about the military bowl? Yeah, go for it. It's got an ACC team in there. Mm-hmm. So, this is kind of interesting to me. Um, I'm – have lived in Annapolis. I've worked for the military bowl in the past, like actually legitimately worked for the, for the bowl and, uh, helping like uh, sell tickets and other things like that. It's, it's in Annapolis. Um, it's scheduled right now to be Pitt versus Navy, which is kind of cool. Um, Navy tends to always kind of play in this game. It's supposed to be a military team. Um, usually it's like army Maryland or Pitt Navy or something like that. Um, if it's Pitt Navy, uh, the score is going to be like three to nothing, first of all. So I'm not sure that it's going to be the most interesting game. Um, but it is kind of cool because uh, my brother went to Navy and my sister-in-law, who was married to my brother, went to Pitt. 
And this would be like walking distance from their house. So of course mm-hmm. it's COVID, so we can't go. But <laughs> it would be kind of a cool experience. <laughs> if, if, even if there were a little bit of fans allowed, it would be cool for us to like go hang out in the parking lot or something. I don't know. I don't know if that's like allowed legally. But <laughs> but uh, yeah, it would be a cool experience if it happened. And I always keep an eye on the military bowl because like I said, a couple couple years back, I was trying to make my way in the sports world until I realized that I wasn't going to make any money doing that. So instead I started this free podcast. (laughs) (laughs) That to date we have lost money (laughs) operating. (laughs) Oh man. Yeah. Is there any other bowls you guys want to highlight? Uh, while we're at the top of I am, I am shocked at how is Maryland and A&M matched up in the bowl. Texas, Texas A&M. Yeah, Texas A&M. Like number five team, a fringe, possibly if everything, all the stars aligned right, college football playoff team. No offense, I mean Maryland's better, but to play (laughs) Texas A&M, come on. I mean, are they trying to get more highlights on you know Tua's little brother? I I don't know what's going on. One phrase: bowl (laughs) tie-ins. It's that's the only explanation for this matchup. Yeah, it just doesn't make sense, and I thought it was interesting. And for all of our Maryland fans out there, I can relate. And when you get back to us after you take your thrashing to A&M, I can relate because uh, two years ago in the Gator Bowl, uh, it was a close game through one half, but Jimbo Fisher and the boys from Aggieland laid a 52-13 to beatdown on the Wolfpack in the Gator Bowl in 2018. So trust me, I know what's coming. <laughs> Maryland, Maryland could surprise everyone and, and beat them. Wrong. <laughs> there's oh, there's two other things that I want to that I want to point out. First is I like the idea of two teams being in two different cities. I'll go through this really quickly. I love the idea of Ole Miss potentially going to the Music City Bowl and having their entire team in Nashville. That just seems like a disaster. The lane um, train coming through Lower Broadway. Oh wait, Music City Bowl. That's in Nashville, right? Or is it in New Orleans? No, that's in Nashville. Okay. I thought I yeah. had it right. Either then, way. <laughs> yeah, right. And then I love the well, because that, that leads into my other point. I love the idea of App State going down to the New Orleans Bowl. That's, like that's that's, that's the, the App State team just running you know, wild on Bourbon Street in the middle of trying see, to I play see, a bowl game. I just see images images of the Pickett family running <laughs> crazy around New Orleans, rocking <laughs> nothing but App State boom, you know, gear. Bunch of redneck Western North Carolina boys. Uh, and then the only other thing I was going to point out is because BYU is playing Coastal Carolina this week, they're scheduled actually to play each other in the whatever the Lending Tree Bowl is. So Ooh, I don't, that'd be kind of interesting. I, I, would they redo the game like two weeks or three weeks later? I could see them finding a reason to put another squad in that bowl just so you don't have a rematch. But at the same time, it also could make for interesting a, a kind of a grudge match for whoever loses this week. Yeah, build it as a rematch. I think it'd be great. Yeah. I do think there's one thing we do need to mention. There have so far been 10 canceled bowl games this year. So uh, we have the the list of bowls that some of, of which are not really that great. Some of them are unfortunate uh, that we're going to be missing. But you got the Bahamas Bowl, the Celebration Bowl, the Fenway Bowl. I believe that was the first year for the Fenway Bowl, right? I think so, yeah. Yeah. I think so, so too. Kind of sucks. They never even got going. But the Hawaii Bowl, the Holiday Bowl, Las Vegas Bowl, Pinstripe Bowl, uh, ACC tie-in, one of a few that's uh, on here, Quick Lane Bowl, Red Box Bowl. And then the one that I think that it's kind of a shame that it's not getting to play is the Sun Bowl because it's the second oldest bowl uh, behind, I believe, the Rose Bowl. Yep. And um, so I, I, I don't know if it's like a, a thing for the city of El Paso that they don't want to do it, but I, I think they should kind of take a note out, or a page out of the – Rose Bowl's playbook and play at another location just for one year only, just to be able to preserve the streak because they did that. Um, I know Dustin knows this, but does anyone know trivia for you on this episode of Miserable and Reckless? Does anyone know the other location other than Pasadena where the Rose Bowl was held? LA Coliseum. Good guess. No. You got a guess, Ryan? That was going to be my guess. It's It's got to be somewhere weird. Wallace Wade Stadium in the 40s during World War II. Oh, interesting. Yep. So that's the only other location the Rose Bowl's ever been held. So (laughs) that'd be an option for the Sun Bowl. But it, I mean, we have way too many bowl games as it is. (laughs) Accurate. The Um, fact that six and six teams and now some five and seven teams, if there aren't enough qualifiers, can make it is ridiculous. 
What about that year where they didn't have enough teams for all the bowl games they created? So they said, hey, <laughs> team, you looked pretty good with your uniforms last season. You can come. <laughs> you had like a five-win team playing like a ten-win team, and you're just like, ooh, that's not going to end well. The year I worked for the military bowl, we had a five-win team playing because it was our first – I think it was the first year, and it was Bowling Green – that's not true. It was not the first year. It was Bowling Green State versus San Jose State. You can see why I sold no tickets. <laughs> you couldn't give those away. No. You're not right. Like, I tried. Like Duke's Mayo. <laughs> yeah. Walking out, of, walking out of the grocery store. Hey, I saw you bought some Cheerios. Here's some free tickets. No, thank you. <laughs> I have a couple comments on the canceled bowls. Fenway Bowl and Pinstripe Bowl. Yep. Why must the Red Sox and Yankees compete at everything? Why can't they leave college football alone and leave the rest of us alone? I'm not, I don't care. Leave us alone. That's just, I don't care about Yankees and Red Sox. Stop talking. I don't want to talk about you. And I've talked about you too much already with your dumb bowl games. (laughs) Then the Red Box Bowl is Red Box doing well enough to sponsor a bowl game? I thought people streamed content now. Like, I was shocked. Like, how, how much did they have to give? (laughs) <laughs> they had they had this last year too, and I had the same thought last year. It was the first time I'd heard of it was last year. So I don't I don't yeah. know. So Dustin, I, I think it's kind of funny because on this podcast I've tried really hard to not talk about the Red Sox or not talk about anything Northeastern. I've subtly rode the Boston College train. I've but at the same time, I'm full in on the Fenway Bowl. Like I'm so happy that they went against the Red or against the Yankees on this. Like so um, I'm happy that they're in college football. I'm happy that they're competing. Like it's 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 overtaking everything. It's awesome. Unfortunately, it's not going to happen this year. So <laughs> yeah, I'd love like, love to go to a Fenway Bowl and sit in the stadium and watch football. That'd be cool. Cool yeah, stadium. Just a little Shouldn't cold at that time of year. <laughs> they, they don't they, even even I say they don't need a, a, a bowl game, and the Yankees definitely don't need a bowl game. I mean, get that crap out of here. <laughs> Yeah, college football primarily exists in the in the southeast and a little bit in the southwest if you include Texas. So yeah, True. everybody else just stop being posers. So <laughs> on that. Yeah, on that note, uh, <laughs> that wraps up this episode of Miserable and Reckless. For Morgan, Dustin, and Ryan, I'm Logan, and we will see you next time. <laughs>